Good morning, class. Good morning, Brother Keith. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. Spiritual things are real. Uh, they're not imaginary. And uh, you see the things in the natural are patterned after spiritual realities. Uh, you got to be fed spiritually just like you have to be fed physically. If you don't eat uh, physically, in a short amount of time you'll begin to get weak and you'll begin to be, be deficient in certain things. And without strength, uh, you know, normal things, getting up and walking across a room, reaching out and picking up a small item can begin to be hard if you are weak enough physically. And the same thing is true spiritually. When things, everything just seems so dawning and everything just seems so hard and so far out of reach and impossible, uh, it's not necessarily an indication that the problems are so big. It can be that faith is so weak and the spirit is so weak. The stronger you get inside, the easier everything appears to you and the closer in reach everything does. So that's why we start out the class by saying, uh, my spirit is, is going to get fed. And the reason we know it's going to get fed is because we're not just going to talk about my ideas and your ideas. We've got the book here. We've got the textbook. And we're going to be looking on those words and feeding on those words and if we do that in faith, spirit uh, words feed your spirit. It does more for you than your mind even uh, picks up on. You, you can be getting stronger. That's why sometimes uh, uh, spiritually you'll hear something in the word, something the spirit of God will quicken to you, and your spirit will get more excited than your head is, can keep up with. Your, your spirit's jumping up and down and your head's going, what? What are we so excited about? And your head catches up. Uh, but the Bible said, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Get your Bible. Get something to make a note with. Come on into the class with us. And let's release faith today for those words that'll build us up. Lord, we thank you that you are so faithful so gracious. You have ministered to us. Uh, you've sustained us uh, thus far to this point. And we know, uh, according to your word, that you have good plans, great plans for us moving forward. And we ask you for the next part. We ask you for a supply of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you look please in the great textbook, the Bible, the Acts, the ninth chapter. We've been for some weeks now 
on a series that we're calling Faith for Healing. And we went one by one through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John at the 20 individual accounts of healing that are recorded there. We've already covered those. And if you weren't with us, they're available. Uh, go online, faithschool.org, and they're all there. And it won't cost you anything. There's no charge. And so you can just watch as many, as, as long, and, and when and how you want to. But now we're into the book of Acts, and we see, uh, if you just turn to Acts 1.1, we see what this book is revealing. Acts chapter 1, verse 1, and, and you want to remember that it's Dr. Luke who is penning these words, the Holy Spirit through Luke, the same individual who penned the gospel account of Luke. And he says, the former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, and that's who he was writing to, but the former treatise he's referring to, the previous writing is the gospel account of Luke. He said that writing that he, he made of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. That's how the book of Acts starts off that he refers to the writing of Luke, and he said all that was recorded there was what Jesus started, what Jesus began. And you'll see in the book of Acts, miracles, healings, deliverances, just like what you saw in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I mean, when you're reading these things, and we'll see it, we'll see it today and, and this week, uh, it sounds just like something Jesus would do. It looks just like something Jesus would do. And yet it's happening through his apostles and his prophets and his evangelists and, and the church. You know why it looks just like something Jesus would do? Because it is something that Jesus is continuing to do through his church, through his people. And the church still exists today. You and I are a part of the church. And so uh, when it says Acts here, and, and the title that men gave this book is the Acts of the Apostles, I don't know that that's, uh, you know, actually the most precise because you'll see Acts of lay people, Acts of prophets, Acts of evangelists, not just the apostles. What you will see is on practically every page something about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. I think it'd be a good title to say the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the church. And we still have the Spirit today. We're still the church today. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. And so what we studied in those 20 cases of people being healed and delivered, set free, all of those things... It's continuing now in the book of Acts, and really, the book of Acts is still being written. I don't know what chapter we're in, but you and I are in the book of the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the church. The church is still going on. The Spirit is still doing things through the church. We saw in the uh, chapter 2 in the book of Acts on the day of Pentecost that uh, thousands of people got saved when... Um, Peter preached to them 
chapter 2, verse 41 said, uh, there were added to them about 3,000 souls in one day. And then we studied in chapter 3, the healing of the lame man at uh, the gate beautiful. And after that miracle happened, and they, people heard about that, it said uh, another uh, 2,000 or so people came in. We're up to at least 5,000. Uh, sometimes people, I've even heard people say, well, I, you know, I don't want to go to these big churches. I, I want a, a New Testament church. Well, <laughs> New <laughs> Testament churches were quite large. <laughs> In just a few days, it's pushing 10,000 probably. And so um, uh, does God want more people coming in or as few and a little small cliquish club? No, <laughs> he wants the harvest is ripe, right? I mean, it's great. And he wants people coming in. And what we see is there has never been, there never will be any better evangelistic tool than healings and miracles. Uh, it, the scripture would say that everybody in that area heard about that and many of them came to the Lord. Many of them turned to the Lord. That's what happened with the healing of the lame man at the gate called Beautiful. And uh, then we studied over in the ninth chapter, and I believe this was our last, our previous week's study in chapter 9, the healing of a man named Aeneas. And that was in verse 32 through uh, 35. A man who had been bedfast for eight years and was raised up by the power of the Lord in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And uh, notice what happened with that. Verse 35, this is Acts 9:35. All that dwelt at Lydda and Saron saw him, Aeneas, who had been bedfast eight years and got healed, and they turned to the Lord. This is saying that, you know, the majority of the people in this town and in this surrounding area got saved as a result. Well, how big's the church now? You know, I mean, it was already, what, at five, six, seven thousand and kept climbing. So um, uh, this is still needed today. I've heard people say, well, you know, they needed that to kick the church off and, and get it started. Well, don't we need something now for people to believe and, and and, and this is one of the reasons why that uh, the enemy fights healing so hard is because healing reveals, healing by the power of God, it reveals that God is real and it reveals that God is good. Amen. And the enemy does his best to hide that from unbelievers uh, if they even believe in God, to try to port paint this uh, portrait of God as just judgment, harsh, cruel, untouchable, you know, uh, and, and it's just not true. When you see God uh, raise somebody up of something that, you know, they could have existed without that, and you see his, the reality of his power, you see the goodness and the kindness of his character, that's when people will come to the Lord from every corner, right? And that's what the enemy is concerned about, and he tries to hide it. And it's sad that much of the church has been robbed 
of the revelation of healing. And you've got much of the church, they just won't, they won't preach it. They won't talk about it. They believe what they learned in school that somebody told them it's passed away and uh, we're no longer in the age of miracles and that kind of thing. But uh, God never changes. Do you believe that, class? Say it out loud. God, God never, never changes. changes. Never. He, his will doesn't change. His plan doesn't change. And so that's why you see that uh, Jesus ministered to people. They got healed. They got delivered. They got set free by the hundreds and by the thousands in his ministry in just those few years. But it did not stop. Now in the book of Acts, it is continuing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, start in verse 36 and let's look at the next uh, miracle that happened. And it's just right on the heels of this one. These all flow together. It happened at the same time and in the same general area. Verse 36 says, Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is by interpretation uh, is called Dorcas. The Dorcas is the Greek interpretation of the name Tabitha. Same person. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And far as much as Lydda was nigh or near to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men desiring him that he would not delay to come down to them. We talked about this uh, last week, that uh, this, uh, this place, uh, Joppa, um, like, well, we had to back up to verse 32. P Peter came through the areas to Lydda, and that's the current uh, place called Lod, which is just about, I think about, if I've got it right, about eight miles or so southeast of the current Tel Aviv airport. <laughs> and only about another 12 or 15 miles west to the coast is this um, town uh, Joppa. And it's, it's now called Jaffa, J-A-F-F-A, <laughs> F-F-A, Jaffa. And so... Uh, you can see he was just, when they called for him, he was like uh, 15 miles away or something. But, of course, you didn't just jump in the car and drive over there, so it'd take a little while to get there. But they, they called for him to come. They sent two men to him, asked him that he would come without delay. Verse 39, then Peter arose and went with them. And when he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber and all the widows stood by him, weeping and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed. And turning him to the body said, Tabitha, arise. Well, you know, that's real similar to what we studied last week uh, when he said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole, arise, get up, get up. Tabitha, 
get up. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. So she, uh, her body was dead. She wasn't there. The, uh, the body, you know, you and I as made in the image and likeness of God, he's called the father of spirits. We're not just a brain and a body. There's more to us than that. Uh, we're spirit beings. And this is where the folks that uh, herald evolution, uh, they're really missing a huge chunk of understanding. People say, well, just look at the, uh, you know, the circulatory system, the nervous system, and digestive system, and the skeletal system, musculature, and all that. You know, uh, we're so similar to, to animals. Yeah, because the same creator made us. And what works, works. Is that right? <laughs> if it works in an elephant and it works in you, it's, it works. But what they're missing is that that's only uh, looking at our house, the shell that we actually live in. The Bible teaches that you are a spirit. Not, not just a body, you're a spirit. And people say, yeah, you're right, you know, body and soul. No, so you actually got it turned around again. It's not body first. It's spirit and soul inside a body. The Bible talks about, I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus. See, the scripture has it in the right order. And so don't lead with body. <laughs> lead with spirit. Uh, you're not a body. You have a body. Class, are y'all with me? And so how can it be that she was dead and then she's not? Well, James says that the body without the spirit is dead. The life that's in the body is not coming from the body. It's coming from the Spirit. Something is causing what people refer to as the um, involuntary actions of the heart beating. Your, your heartbeat is beating right now, and you're not making it beat. <laughs> you're not having to think, okay, beat heart, beat. Don't quit. Now, that was too long. Come on, get, get back on. And, and your, your brain, you hear people say, uh, uh, you know, they, they have a picture of the brain or, you know, a model of the brain and they go, isn't it astounding that all of the wisdom and literature and, and art and everything in the world has come out of these couple of pounds of gray matter? It did not. It most certainly did not. No. No. You're not a brain. You have a brain. And... The, the energy and the life that comes uh, to your brain and the, the light and energy and electricity that's flowing through your nervous system, where does it come from? Where does it come from? And even the people that are supposed to be the most knowledgeable of this, they'll, they'll say, well, uh, it's life. 
It's the mystery of love. Uh, exactly. So where does it come from? Its, its source is spiritual. Spiritual. And so the reason the body has life is because the spirit is in it. And the life that's in the flesh is, is being uh, expressed and released through the blood, through the nerves, and that life is coming out of your spirit. And the spirit fits inside the body like a hand fits inside a glove or like your foot inside a shoe or a boot. And death is not the end. Believer or non-believer, death is not the end. Death is the separation of the spirit from the body. And so what happens when a person dies is the spirit comes out of the body, just like a hand comes out of a glove. And if the spirit is out of the body, it's dead. The heart's going to stop beating. The brain activity is going to stop. Everything. Why? Because there's no life in this apart from me. <laughs> there's no life in your body apart from you. But you are not just a body. You are spirit. And we're going to see that further as we go, that uh, this woman, uh, Tabitha, uh, she had left her body, but she came back to it. Isn't this amazing? Yes. She came back to it and lived some more before, you know, of course, she's not still alive today on the earth. She lived out her life and she, le she left her body again. But she still exists. And uh, one of these days, uh, you know, you're likely a believer if you're watching this. And she's obviously a believer. She's, she was a disciple, the Bible said. So uh, uh, it's, it's very likely that you will meet Tabitha later. <laughs> and you can say, we used to talk about you in faith school. We <laughs> she is a real person. Hallelujah. Still alive today, having lived her life, but she got some extra years that she would not have had uh, had it not been for the believers that were around her and Peter and the Holy Spirit. And are there some cases today where people uh, that shouldn't have gone so quick and so early could actually come back? Hmm? Is it possible? Yeah. Uh, the answer is yes. Uh, yes. So, um, now you're not going to see that in every case, but it is possible. And we're going to see why and how. And somebody says, well, I, I thought you were talking about healings, Brother Keith. I am. I am. Tabitha was raised from the dead and healed. If she hadn't have been healed, what would have happened? She had died immediately, right, from whatever killed her the first time. So, uh, yes, uh, she was healed, raised up from the dead and healed. So when Peter knelt down and he prayed, verse, verse 40, and he turned him to the body and he said, Tabitha, arise, Tabitha, get up. Now, you know, unbelievers would have, uh, would have said, you know, what's he doing in there, talking to that dead body? 
That's ridiculous, which is why he put everybody out. <laughs> Can you see that? That's why he put everybody out before he went further with this. Not just for his own comfort, but you don't need that unbelief contaminating your environment when you're seeking God about what to do and reaching out. And so uh, uh, we, we saw this uh, last week too in that just a few verses previous where he said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Get up. Well, the first word was the man's name. Aeneas. And you know, when somebody calls your name, that pulls on you. It, it, it does in a way you, you may not even be aware of. I'm, uh, I'm a pilot, and we've trained uh, regularly on high-performance aircraft. And um, we, we train for emergency situations and that kind of thing. And, and one study we had a few years ago, uh, they brought up that if you are overloaded, your, your brain's overloaded with a situation, uh, it starts cutting off things. <laughs> you know, if you're so uh, focused on something and so involved in something, you won't even notice what's going on over here or over here. And um, you, you won't even hear some things because they had some situations where alarms were going off and the people never heard them. And they're thinking, well, how could that be? Because the thing was loud and it was right there. It's because they were so overwhelmed with what was going on and so focused on other things. But what they found out was even when people are almost just, you know, uh, overwhelmed with something, they would still respond if you called their name. If you, you know, like if the person was checked out and wasn't even... Responding, if you'd say, Bob, Bob, sometimes when they wouldn't hear anything else, they'd hear their name <laughs> and they'd respond, their, their name. Well, what, what is that? Well, that's your spirit. Your, your spirit is, is saying, that's me. Who's calling me? And then when the Lord is calling you, which it was the spirit of God through Peter was saying, Aeneas, man, that was the first step toward his miracle. Can you see that? And here, what happened here? Tabitha? <laughs> Tabitha? Mrs. Well, her body's dead. She's not hearing that. She's still around somewhere. Is that right? <laughs> and he's calling her, and you can't say, well, she didn't hear him. She showed up. Is that right? I said she showed up. She came back. So don't tell me she didn't hear. <laughs> Tabitha, get up. And man, she opens her eyes, which means she came back into her body. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And our time's up for today. Said out loud, I live by faith. I walk by faith. I overcome this world. By faith, I'm strong in faith, giving glory to God. That's our time for today, but as you can see, we, we didn't even quite finish reading our text. So come back tomorrow. There's a lot more to see. We'll see you soon back in Faith School. I 
Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.